0: It is Monday, November 7th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The
1: Chiefs escape a scare. The Bills do not. And the league's two oldest quarterbacks have disparate results. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas.
0: We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas Lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day Kansas City Chiefs 20, the Tennessee Titans 17 in overtime, the Buffalo Bills upset by the New York Jets
1: 2017, and Tom Brady gets back on track. Maybe. (laughs) What is the Vegas lead, Scott? Uh,
0: Let's start with Sunday Night Football, as we do each and every Monday morning. And let's talk about this Chiefs win over the Titans in overtime, A.J., 2017 in a game that if you just looked at the box score, you would think there's no way that not only did Kansas City not win the game, but that they didn't cover the large spread because everything in... This box score would have told you that the Chiefs blew out the Titans.
1: I mean, it, the Chiefs dominated time of possession. The passing yardage was like a million to 40. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, zero wide receivers for the Titans had a catch. It, which is unbelievable when you just think about that. In a, in a modern-day NFL game, zero passes were completed to a wide receiver, and that team was competitive enough to be in overtime. With the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah. Not just like not just like the Giants doing it early in the season. It, this is the Kansas City Chiefs we're talking about. This was a weird game for me because I came away from this in a way feeling more respect for the Titans mm. than I had going in because the Titans have won won and covered five games in a row before yeah. this game, but it was against bad teams. They were like they lost to the Giants week one And then they just got absolutely murdered by the bills in week two. And then they played five cupcake games and it was like, okay, that's cute, but you're not good enough to hang with the big boys. Last night proved that wrong. They're clearly good enough to hang with the big boys. But at the same time, I walked away thinking, how how many games can this team win with this quarterback situation? Mm. And, pre uh, pregame research says based on just the pure box score stats the projected score would be 32-16 Chiefs. The Chiefs <laughs> should have dominated this game. Yep. But instead they're in overtime and really they're fighting in overtime going for on fourth down like it, I mean it was a dogfight. Well, this is what you saw. An incredible defensive game coached by
0: Mike Vrabel because it I think it set the record for the most times in Patrick Mahomes' career it was seven consecutive possessions without scoring a point. Yeah. That has that just hasn't happened to Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs before. And a lot of the sacks that the Titans were able to get, it, it wasn't about really the pressure up front. They were coverage sacks. Yep. They did a tremendous job of taking away the receiving options for Patrick Mahomes. And did they... Get called for a lot of penalties? Yes. Were there plays where there should have been penalties called and there weren't? Yes. What Mike Vrabel and the Titans set out to do. And I wonder if other teams watch this game film and pick up on this blueprint. They were extremely physical with the Kansas city chiefs receiving options to the point where they were laying guys out as soon as they broke the line of scrimmage, yeah, they got illegal contact penalties, but who cares? Five yards is better than fifty yards, and they weren't letting
1: anybody get down the field against them. This it was just a it, it was first of all it was just a weird game, so let's call it that to begin with. Mm-hmm. But you're right, it, like defensively, the Titans did something right here. Like there's there's no denying that. I don't know that it's it, that the, a blueprint's been laid out because I. I I, if, it's funny if you would if you had told me the Titans were going to come in and you know complete how, how many passes they did it was like six passes. I would have thought the Chiefs' game plan would have been to pass less than what they did, it, because you would think that you know when you're when you're running that type of an offense, you'd think the Titans would be the ones controlling the the the, the, the time of possession. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the case. It was just a backwards kind of game, honestly, and. I'm both astounded by mm-hmm. what the tit- that the Titans were able to hang around in this game, and also just kind of uh, maybe a little disappointed in the Chiefs for not being able to get any kind of margin here in a game that they statistically dominated. Yeah, so
0: it was the second quarter. That's it. The, the, the Titans got some good Derrick Henry runs in the second quarter. It led <laughs> to the. Uh, you know, the touchdowns, and 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 that was it. The rest of the game, they did absolutely nothing. Derrick Henry had zero rushing yards in the first quarter, and I think he had like 92 in the second quarter. He finished the game with 115, so
1: it was everything came in that second quarter. Patrick Mahomes had 68 pass attempts, which is the fourth highest total in a game in league history. or I guess really it's the third highest. There's one game that had two quarterbacks split up, Stafford through 32, Orlovsky through 38. So that's a 70 for Detroit back in 2015. Drew Bledsoe had 70 for the Patriots in 94. And Vinny Testaverde had 69 in 2000. (laughs) And there's this 68-pass performance against a team that – Threw the ball sixteen times, mm-hmm. completed five passes. It mm-hmm. seems like, do you really need to throw it that many? It was, just like I said, the only way I can describe it, it was a weird ass game. Uh, Derrick Henry was very Derrick Henry esque. Seventeen carries, one hundred and fifteen yards, two but touchdowns. Like I said, ninety two of those yards came in the second quarter, and just, on just a couple big chunk plays. Yeah, too. That's it. Uh, you know, it was, and I knew it was going to be a weird game when the when the Chiefs started the game with like an eight and a half minute drive. And walked away with a field goal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's, that was it. Told the story uh, of the game. So, uh, and you know the Chiefs miss a couple field goal. They miss a field goal. They miss an extra point. Uh, it, just some some little things that separate the the best teams from good teams. The Chiefs were good enough to win last night, but they they, they didn't look like what I expected them to look like. Buffalo loses seventeen to twenty. This was. The worst Josh Allen performance I can remember in some time. Uh, he uh, he ran the ball well. First of all, mm-hmm. he had nine carries, 86 yards, and two touchdowns. But it felt like everything with Josh was labored yesterday. And the when he wasn't making mistakes, he was almost making mistakes. I was telling McKenzie this uh, about the very first drive of the game. The Jets kick off to start the game. (laughs) Their kicker slips. His plant foot slips, and it's basically an accidental onside kick. The Bills recover. The very first play, Josh Allen hits Stefan Diggs, who humiliates Sauce Gardner. They get down into the red zone on one play, and then Josh Allen throws a bonehead interception Mm -hmm. and does the thing where he puts his hands on his head. It's like... Yeah, how could you throw that ball? Like It it, it was a crazy thing to do. I am less enthralled by the Bills right now than I have been all year. This game is inexcusable. Losing to the Dolphins early in the year is one thing. The Dolphins, I think, are a good football team. Do I think they're better than the Bills? No, but Mm -hmm. I think if they play 10 times, the Dolphins are going to win three. The Jets are not good. You cannot convince me the Jets are good. The Jets have one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. Yep. The Jets now have just a guy playing running back. Mm -hmm. What What are the Jets great at? And they
0: got a good. They got listen. They're really lucky. They got got a head coach. They got a head coach, a defensive minded head coach that uh, has drawn up some some good schemes. Uh, they were able to limit Josh Allen. Josh Allen was only 18 of 34 passing. You mentioned the one interception. He had two interceptions. They sacked him five times, including one where his arm was hit, his elbow got pulled back. There's a lot of people concerned about Josh Allen's elbow, although he did manage to throw a 70-yard pass after getting the elbow hit, but was seen you know, taking care of it, hurt wiggling it, touching it, He's clearly bothered by it, and I think this is something that has to be monitored throughout the week because we could be looking at a Case Keenum sighting next week against his former team in the Minnesota Vikings.
1: Yeah, uh, the Jets, that is certainly a concern for Josh Allen. Uh, The Jets, one of the luckier teams in pregame's projections, entering week nine, they are a minus two team uh, by our year-to-date projections, so... Um, and the score of that game, the stats projection, which we gave you for the Kansas city game was 23, 23. The bills didn't play well. I'm not saying that the jets got lucky. I don't think the jets did get lucky. Mm -hmm. I think the bills just played a a donkey game. Josh Allen, like the, when he was, when he wasn't throwing picks, he was fumbling and picking it up himself or having someone else pick it up and losing 12 yards. It was just a very non Josh Allen game. And that's. Not after he got hit in the elbow. That was all game long. Yeah. He just looked off. And, the you know, we were talking before in pre-production about how maybe he's bored. Maybe he just thinks, okay, it's the Jets. Mm. We can roll the helmet out. But that's not what this Bills team has done the last couple of years. When they've had a, a bad opponent across from they them, stomped on them, they have gone out and made an example of them. So for this game, I, I can't explain it. I can't. Uh, I, I don't know where it came from. But I am not uh I'm not very pleased with what I saw out of Buffalo. And this this is a team that Fez was saying last week. Like there's nobody else that can No win one the else Super can Bowl. win the Super yeah. Bowl. Like th- that's how good the Bills are. Well, here's what I the am Bills look in. very vulnerable right now.
0: Let's hear from RJ Bell on his thoughts on Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills performance here in this game.
2: I'm gonna pose the following question. What has Josh Allen ever won? Nothing yet. All right? And we, we, you might say, it's unfair, it's unfair. No, Josh Allen, by definition, what his nature is, he's a risk taker. He's a guy that makes these amazing plays, but is he a guy like Brady? Now, we know he's not the GOAT, but is he a guy like Brady that will make or avoid the mistake, maybe avoid the mistake but not have a chance at the glory, not have the chance at the big ESPN Sports Center play? Because if you looked at this game, Josh Allen was not patient. He kept going downfield, going downfield. They would have had to almost try to lose this game. And that's taking nothing away. Well, I guess it is from the Jets. But they get credit. No Brees Hall, still uh, a strong performance. Zero pressures. The O-line for the Jets gave up on 29 pass attempts. Wilson didn't kill them. And that's all they really need in many of these games. But Josh Allen did, in a way, kill the Bills. And if you think back through his professional history in the NFL, it was always he can do something amazing, Josh Allen, but boy, he seems to make that critical mistake. Now, if he's not patient enough to beat the Jets thrown short, doing the the, the minimum to win, why would that be? It's because he's already got the Super Bowl on his mind. He's already got Kansas City's rematch on his mind. And once that opportunity presents itself, is that going to be positive or is it going to be pressure, too much pressure for a guy that's never really succeeded under pressure? I don't know. We'll see. But what I want to pose to AJ specifically, does he agree with me? Does he see that this is a guy that is great in Madden, great if you're nine years old and you want to make an amazing throw in your backyard and say, Josh Allen. But is this a guy that wins Super Bowls? I'm not sure, and you know now I think about it, Scott needs to answer that same question because he overpaid out the wazoo for the bills in our draft. Now, I did have Tampa Bay and Green Bay in that draft, so I'm not celebrating, but still, the bills overpay. How worried is this duo straight out of Vegas AM style? Let's hear.
1: All right, let's start with this. Like Josh Allen, you're right, RJ, has not won anything yet, but he is in year four. I mean, this isn't like year five now. I guess this isn't like a a guy who's been in the league for 10 years and Mm -hmm. we're still wondering, is he ever going to turn the corner? The idea that Josh Allen can't play a big game is silly to me because Josh Allen showed up and did everything he could do right against Kansas City in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Josh Allen wasn't Including coaching that game. Some of
0: the most incredible throws
1: you'll ever see. Josh Allen wasn't playing defense in that game. Josh Allen did everything you could have possibly asked your quarterback to do, and they, they still didn't win. So I, I don't know that it's it's fair to to throw Josh Allen into the can't win category like he's you know somehow Philip Rivers. Uh, this feels like a turning point for Josh though. This this game, if anything should really be a wake-up call. Like well, like I said you know, earlier, this a, is an inexcusable a, loss.
0: It's a slice of humble pie. That's what it is. And if you think about it, this is – it happens to teams. They play down to their competition. This is the NFL. Every player is a professional football player. They're all trying to win. Just because your collection of talent – might not be as good as somebody else's collection of talent, doesn't mean that the effort is not the same on both sides. And for anybody to overlook anybody in the NFL is a discredit to the opponent in order to I don't want to take anything away from the Jets. Yeah, you did take away something <laughs> from the Jets. Yeah, Because the Jets went out there and played their asses off, and they won a football game. And yeah, the conversation is about the, the Buffalo Bills, and I get that, but this is still a 6-2 and two team. Am I worried about them? No. They're still the favorite to win the Super Bowl, as they should be. They're still the best team in the NFL. Well, maybe the Philadelphia Eagles. But they're still the top one of the top teams in the NFL. And with all the chips on the line, I would take Josh Allen and this Buffalo Bills team over every team with the exception of maybe, maybe the Eagles, maybe the I Chiefs. Listen, I still think i, don't know. I,
1: I I'm not... It's one game. I still think the Bills are the best team. That's what I'm saying. I, 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 I'm not worried about it. I'm, I'm not at all. suddenly thinking, oh well, well, like are we forgetting what they did to Tennessee? Are we forgetting that they've already got wins over the Chiefs and the Ravens? Like every other good team in the AFC has lost to this team. Yeah. Um I it's but this is an eye-opening thing. Mm-hmm. It's it certainly it, like you said, it should be a wake up call. It should be like a humbling thing for for Josh Allen. Because this is this is not what they did yesterday. Is not championship level football, and they had plenty of chances to to take control of that game, to run away with that game, and they didn't. So, I I think questioning Josh's ceiling is certainly warranted at this point because Mm -hmm. he hasn't won. Mm -hmm. But what what happened yesterday doesn't tell me that he can't not like that he's incapable of winning somehow. I am interested in. I will lay the wood on December eleventh
0: when the Jets go up to Orchard Park to play against the the Bills. If Josh Allen's healthy, I think you. Oh well, yeah. yeah, I think it, I think if that spread is sixteen, I'll lay it with the Bills because they're gonna they're going I certainly, won't, gonna be uh, certainly Jets, won't be on the other side. Certainly Jets. By the way, the first team in the NFL this season. To go over their preseason win total. Win total was five and a half. And uh might as well, you know, toot my own horn a little bit because earlier this summer on the RJ Bell Dream Preview podcast, preseason win total I gave out was the New York Jets over five and a half. What a draft. And that has that <laughs> has now been clinched here in week nine of the NFL season. Honestly, I wouldn't have believed it if you told me it would have hit in week nine. I would have said, "Oh, week sixteen? Yeah, they got their sixth win. All right."
1: So I guess here's the new question: Is <laughs> are the Jets a playoff team?
0: Well, you look at the standings in the AFC, and you have to think: Where could the like, who's who are the Jets getting into the playoffs over as a wild card team? Right now, the Jets are positioned in the five spot. Miami is tied with them at six, and then the Chargers are the seventh seed. But the Jets have a win over Miami already. The, and, the, and the Patriots have uh, are next at five and four. And then you got the Bengals. By all... By the way, the Patriots and Bengals, two of the Jets, three losses. By all metrics, the Bengals are one of the top teams in the AFC. Not a ninth seed right now fighting to get up. Like, I think the Bengals are not dead for their division. So Bengals and Ravens... Absolutely going to be one of those wild card teams. I think the Patriots are better than the Jets, so maybe they're going to you know rise up and become one of those wild card teams. I think the biggest question mark when it comes to this mix is the Chargers. I don't know who the Chargers are. Certainly, they're a team that can barely win a football game without <laughs> wide receivers. Uh, but I don't know who the Chargers are because their
1: schedule is going to get
0: more difficult down the stretch.
1: And I don't know if this team lives up to preseason hype. I, well, I, I mean, it's going to be difficult to live up to preseason hype if they can't get some bodies back healthy. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, you know, they, they they get a win yesterday uh, in a game that was probably closer than it should have been. Dicker the but, kicker. But they they need some sort of outside weapons because they, the way this team is built is almost a punt on the run game. So now when you've got Keenan Allen and Mike Williams out and you've got Carter and Palmer, like who are just—they're not bad, but they're mm-hmm. third and fourth wide receivers. When the, when that's your offense, you're limited because this team has basically said before the season, we don't need to run the ball. We're gonna do we're gonna do it our way. We're we're gonna we're gonna chuck the ball around. So when these receivers get banged up, it's a lot more difficult to run your offense. Chargers have a couple real tough games lined up now. They're at San Francisco uh, next weekend on Sunday Night Football should be a great game and then they are home to the Chiefs in the rematch of that week 2 game that mm-hmm. was so good where Justin Herbert got hurt but that was one of the best games we've seen so far this year that's those two games if they if they can split those games I'd feel pretty good about the Chargers' chances to make the playoffs because after that, you've got a, you've got Cardinals, Raiders, Colts, Broncos left on the schedule. You've, you've got some mm-hmm.
0: some free squares. You know, going back to the Jets for a moment, they're twenty to one to win the AFC East right now, and you, <laughs> no seriously, and they're one game out. Not only are they one game out with but a you tiebreaker, mentioned, you mentioned it before. <laughs> they have wins over the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins.
1: What does that tell you?
0: Absolutely nothing. <laughs> But if you wanted to take a flyer, uh, just give me your
1: money instead. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the right move. All right. Let's talk about the Green Bay Packers who stink. Uh, I, there's no other way to say it. it. Even if they would have found a way to win this game, you know, even if Rogers converts on fourth down and they, they score the touchdown and win the game, the Packers still stink. There's no two ways about it. McKenzie, what was the, uh, the the our win probability on this game for the Packers?
3: Packers in Detroit had a 23% chance on average per snap in the fourth quarter. Fourth quarter win share. So 77% of the time the Lions win this game. Th- this was no fluke
1: final. This was the Lions are better than Green Bay yesterday. Th- that's all it boils down to. This was... The, the packers are a broken team mm-hmm. and you said this a couple weeks ago they're soft like the idea that you can only put up 9 points on this defense seriously it's it's crazy it, it, i mean that's like last this, g- g- this game should have been an auto over considering the every lions game goes over think about the last time we saw the packers 27-17 at buffalo it was like okay they showed some fight, which was good because they hadn't shown fight in a few weeks against bad teams. They showed some fight against Buffalo. I thought, maybe this is the game. Like, they're about to get right. Like, had they played as well as they did against Buffalo, against the Giants or the Jets or the Commanders, they win those games. Mm -hmm. I said, if they play like this against the Lions, it's easy money. But the Lions outplay them. This is fascinating, and not only... We're not the only ones taking notice. McKenzie, what's been the line move for next week's game with Dallas?
3: Lots of Cowboys money for McCarthy's teams going to Lambeau. This was minus three, even money, a cheap three on the Cowboys before the game Sunday afternoon. It's now minus four and a half and more money coming in on Dallas.
1: Man, un- unreal. The and, McCarthy revenge going back to Lambeau? <laughs> I mean, that's, that's what he's hoping for, I'm sure. Aaron Rodgers, twenty three of forty three, three picks. I he got outplayed by Jared freaking golf. I, I mean, that's that's all. It's there's not much to say about about what's going on here other than, you know, and and we talked about last week. Oh well, they ran the ball really effectively. Maybe they they found their way. That's what that's what they're going to do. Aaron Jones, nine carries, twenty five yards. They, they go right mm-hmm. back away from it and. The fact that they could not bully around this team is fascinating to me, and I, I, I don't know. I to me the Packers are dead,
0: and Aaron Rodgers just isn't right. The two red zone interceptions on the on the on the first two drives, that's not Aaron Rodgers, or that's not the Aaron Rodgers that we are used to seeing, or the Aaron Rodgers that we remember. This is a different quarterback this year, and this is a guy that visibly does not look interested in this game anymore. He, he 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 doesn't sound like it when he's doing his Pat McAfee interviews every week. He sounds dejected. He looks dejected. And I, I think we, we talk about it each and every week. Like, could it get worse for the Green Bay Packers? I, I want to say this is the bottom, losing to the Lions like this, <laughs> but I don't think it's the bottom because I think it gets worse. And it might get worse this next week at home – to your former head coach that you let go. And, oh, you forced out. Yeah. And it's the Cowboys
1: in your building. Let's, let, me, let me ask you guys a hypothetical here. Yes, he does retire. Aaron Rodgers, when it's all said and done, his numbers will have him in the conversation for the Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. of quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. If Aaron Rodgers leaves... On this note, like it feels like he, this season, he retires uh, early. This like, season,
0: and, yes, has soured it. It, it. it, I, I have a different opinion of Aaron Rodgers. Well, think season.
1: about this, like, it, it, and now, granted, these two guys would be ending their careers in the the most insanely different ways possible. But like, John Elway is a guy he'll be compared to. Uh, John Elway, a guy who won two Super Bowls on his way out the door, like mm-hmm. hung on, fought for every last, and won two Super Bowls on the way out. Aaron Rodgers would be retiring two years early on his contract because he couldn't win anymore. Like he would just—he would be judged differently based on the way he leaves. And if he doesn't leave, if he—if he stays around, I don't know that it continues to get better. I, I don't know that we—we we see. Oh yeah, Aaron Rodgers is just improving his legacy here. Now I don't think so. Aaron Rodgers is in a really weird spot from a legacy standpoint because this season is certainly changing people's opinions of him. And if they, if this season ends up going full on disaster, if this mm-hmm. is a, a five and twelve season, I, I've said this before: elite quarterbacks don't let their teams go five and twelve. I, I said this a lot about Deshaun Watson when mm-hmm. the, when the Texans went four and thirteen. If Deshaun Watson was indeed like. A top tier quarterback. How did they go four and thirteen? You're right. Like elite quarterbacks should be able to drag a pile of garbage to 500. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't even know if Matt Stafford's elite, but (laughs) Matt Stafford did that a few times. Like literally piled a a pile of garbage. He drug it to 500. This is one of those like how can how can we look at Aaron Rodgers as one of the greatest of all time? When he walked away after a five and twelve season, it's going to be difficult, in my opinion. I had no idea ayahuasca made you a bad quarterback. Well, d- kids don't do drugs. <laughs>
0: well, he
3: said he did it the last couple of years too, right? I think he credited oh, for his MVP seasons. Oh well, at I we don't know what to maybe do. he had a
1: different I, shaman this time. I do, <laughs> I do believe with psychedelics, there's like a certain number that you don't want to cross. It's called micro dosing, uh, and I think maybe he. he it, You know, with with LSD, it's like if you do it five times, okay. if you do it six, eh, you're ruined. (laughs) I think maybe he's the ayahuasca. It's maybe one too many times. Taking a look back,
0: though, at this Sunday in the NFL, what's the biggest story or the biggest takeaway for R.J. Bell?
2: Biggest story to me that won't be discussed enough is the tenacity of the Bears. This is a team that trailed 7-3, 14-10. 21-10, 28-17, 35-25, twenty one ten twenty eight seventeen thirty five twenty five and finally thirty five thirty two they traded away the front office the two best defensive players or two of the best for sure and the defense didn't do well but the team fought as you know justin fields one hundred seventy eight yards that is a regular season record for quarterbacks only fifteen carries fifteen Carries, not killing him when it comes to how many carries. Obviously, whenever a quarterback runs the ball, it's dangerous. Uh, And how long is this sustainable? I don't know. But he only threw for 123 yards, though three TDs. Still, it feels like this is his way fields to being a successful NFL quarterback. However long that lasts. In the same game, Tyreek Hill, only eight targets, seven catches, and he is on a borderline record pace, if not a record pace. I guess the question is 17 games versus 16. Keep in mind, Tua, who's playing very well, has not been in the game about a third of the snaps, a third of the pass attempts specifically. So imagine and those quarterbacks didn't do, even Teddy didn't do as well as Tua, where where would he be if Tua had been in the whole game?
0: I'll be honest, AJ. I guess I do have to give the Bears some credit because I wasn't giving it to them during the week. The Dolphins were one of the plays that I considered during the Dream Preview, and it was because of the fact, as RJ mentioned, They traded away two of their top defensive players, and I I thought that that meant that this organization was not in, you know, know, buy mode for this year, for lack of a better term. Like, they weren't all in for this year, and I didn't think that a defensive-minded head coach was going to be happy with losing his top two tacklers, but this is a team that put the game in the hands of their quarterback, and he almost delivered an upset victory.
1: Yeah, it, Justin Fields wouldn't go away, and it, R.J.'s right. the The passing numbers are still work to be done there. Although ninety five four QBR game mm-hmm. for Justin Fields is is pretty impressive. But we were talking about this in pre production as well. Yesterday was a, a day where you sort of realized why people were enamored with Justin Fields because when you're when you're looking for a quarterback. You're looking for someone who's got some sort of superpower. Yeah. And Justin Fields has a superpower. Like, mm. you saw a couple of those runs where it's like, there. Ain't, there's not many guys in the league who can do that. No. And to, to me, if you've got a guy who you think might be able to do that, who could maybe turn into that, that's the kind of guy you want to take your risks on because you can't teach that. There's no film room that teaches some of the things that Justin Fields can do. Um, I, I don't know if it's sustainable long-term. I, I think anybody who questions whether it is, that's warranted. Because we've seen a lot of bad football out of Justin Fields. But if this is what Justin Fields' ceiling is, he's going to get a lot of chances to to figure it out.
0: A lot of people are talking about Justin Fields after this game, and rightfully so, 178 rushing yards. That's a record. But to me, I, watching this game and, and going – you know, with the highlights in uh, watching Red Zone all day and keep flashing back as both of these teams just kept scoring. Tua and the Dolphins' offense are just as scary as anybody in the NFL. I For mean, sure. this, is, this is like what we're used to seeing from the Kansas City Chiefs. There's so much speed. They're so dynamic. And he, he, whether it's Tyreek Hill going for going off for 143 and a touchdown, Jalen Waddle scoring and doing his little Waddle celebration. I love that. I mean, two or through for 302 yards. He's having a t- tremendous season. And what did I say? Jeff Wilson, first game being acquired from the Dolphins, seamless transition. He knows this offense. He slid in nine carries, 51 yards perfectly to this offense. He's only going to get better. And I, I think – Sure, we're going to talk about Justin Fields, but let's give the Dolphins some respect here.
1: Yeah, uh, Justin Fields, his, two of his four highest QBR games of his career in the last two weeks. So he has so something about
0: this offense. There's Starting something click.
1: clicking for him. But you're right. The Dolphins, it is, the, it's funny that the Dolphins win the game, but Justin Fields was the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tua, man, he has, I, I, I said this last week, I'll say it again, People had thrown Tua in the trash can. Yeah. Like, Tua was... There were people who thought Tua was not a real... Like, a realistic NFL quarterback. Like, he didn't have the arm strength to Mm -hmm. do... Like, they just figured it out. that This is the kind of offense that he needs. They put him in a position to succeed. Absolutely. Sometimes that's all guys need. To be put in a position to succeed. That's clearly been the case here. Um, Tua's been unbelievable and the things that they've put around him fit perfectly and whether you're talking about head coach you're talking about wide receivers you're mm-hmm. talking about running whatever you're talking about it fits perfectly so uh kudos to the dolphins for putting this together and and kudos to their head coach for saying no two is the guy that i want running this show this is this is what i this is what i signed up for uh because he was right and kudos to scott on the jeff wilson problem i nice said bro thank you uh, that's always a nice one, too. Yes. Two minute Tom, I'm going to call him. <laughs> uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks get a 16 13 win over the LA Rams. McKenzie, what's fourth quarter win share? Tell us about this Rams Bucks game. Two minute time. You should call him 44 second Tom. <laughs>
3: The Rams had a sixty percent fourth quarter win share
1: in this one. Sixty percent. So this is what we would call a a, a fraudulent final, perhaps unexpected result. Oh, yes. is that, that's a nice way to say it. Unexpected, <laughs> unexpected result. And this, I think that's the, a nice way to put it. But first of all, this was a terrible game to watch. If you were uh, like, if you were being held hostage.
0: There's fifteen punts. <laughs> if you, in a
1: row, if you're being held in Guantanamo, like this is what they would have on repeat to with get like, you, to, with like, with, like with like the, the clips holding your, yeah, eye. like open. Clockwork Orange, <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was not a fun football game to watch, up until the bitter, bitter end, and you know they they said on the broadcast well, you don't want to give Tom Brady too much room to work with here. You don't, like, you don't want to let them get the ball out to the 50 because Tom Brady – and I was thinking to myself, that's old Tom Brady. That's not, <laughs> that's not this newfound Tom Brady. This is new age Tom Brady. He's not doing that. Well, sure enough – and this is – I guess you could say, well, do you, do you credit Tom Brady or do you blame the Rams for doing – like the, the cardinal sin – In that situation, all you do is you don't give up the sideline and you don't give up the middle of the field. And the Rams said, no, we're going to do both those things. We're going to give up the middle of the field, then we're going to give up the sideline. It was one of the worst defensive final possessions
0: that you'll ever see. Like NFL coaches should take film of the final 44 seconds of this game and show it to their teams on what not to do in that situation. It was terrible coaching, worse execution, and the Super Bowl hangover, whatever you want to call it, this Rams team is three and five and not showing any signs of life.
1: Yeah, this is a they're in a, a really precarious situation, too, because their
0: wins are against the Panthers, Falcons, and Cardinals. All right, maybe the Falcons win you want to say is okay. They let Atlanta come right back in that game, but a win against the Cardinals. That doesn't impress me. A win against the terrible Panthers? Nope. And they've lost every other game they've played. Yeah. Uh, it's
1: funny. I don't know who's good. I, I don't know, particularly in the NFC, I don't know who's good. I, I The Bucks win this game? I don't think the Bucks are good. I don't think the Packers are good. I don't think the Rams are good. Uh, I, Besides I, the Eagles, maybe the Cowboys and the 49ers? I get people questioning the Seahawks, but yeah. the Seahawks go out every week and they they show me that they look good like the vikings they keep winning football games sure but we don't know if they're good you the eagles are the one team because <laughs> the 49ers i think the 49ers are good their results haven't been good you know the the seahawks vikings i can see people questioning like why. i don't know if they're if they're fools gold or they're good the cowboys i'm not i'm not 100% on but the eagles are the one team i'm sure is really good in the nfc it's it's just a really weird season. Like, none of this makes sense to mm. me. If if you had told me the Rams, Bucks, and Packers would all be under five hundred a- after Week Nine, it was, it's it, I said that's impossible. I really would have thought that was impossible. Yet here we are. Well,
0: I will say this: a much-needed sigh of relief for Tom Brady. And and you say what you will about how the game played out the fact that they got the win where he was facing the longest losing streak in his career, right, yeah. potentially, like this is this was a sigh of relief because had they lost this game and then they welcome in the upstart Seahawks, we could be looking at five straight losses. This could be a Green Bay Packers situation. Yep. So a much-needed sigh of relief. For Tom Brady, who's now 1-0 since the public
1: uh, announcement of the divorce. Yeah, I'm telling you, that's a weight lifted off his shoulders. A weight lifted off his shoulders. Uh, McKenzie says, after Seattle lost to Atlanta 27-23 in week three, the Seahawks were 45-1 to to win the NFC West. They are currently plus 150 to win the NFC West, the second favorite behind the Niners at minus 135. Rams plus 1,000. Cardinals plus three thousand. The Cardinals are dead, and let's just start there as we kind of buzz around the NFL for the rest of this uh, rest of this NFL card, and we'll just give quick notes on each each game. The, the Cardinals, I, I don't think there's any life left in this team. Seahawks are good, but the Cardinals. It felt like the Cardinals gave it their best shot, and they still weren't close. They they just they don't win at home. They got a home win earlier this year. That was a fluke.
0: <laughs> their, their first one since like October of last year. Yeah, they just they're, they're, this is not a good football team. It's not a well coached football team. You have a, a, a dynamic athlete at quarterback, and DeAndre Hopkins is as elite as they come, and he certainly had an impact on their offense when he came back. But this is not
1: a good football team. The Raiders fall twenty-seven to twenty. To the Jags. Third loss this season
0: for the Raiders in which they had at least a 17-point lead. That ties the record for the most such losses in an NFL season. They've only played eight games.
1: Nathaniel Hackett or Josh McDaniel, who, who is... Uh, wow. Who's been worse so far this year? I, I, I got to say Nathaniel Hackett because
0: at least... Josh McDaniel has coached this team to having three 17-point leads in three of their losses. So yeah. you can look at it and say, oh, if our defense came up with a stop here or there, we could be, you know, instead of two and six, we're sitting here at, you know, five and three.
1: So <laughs> By the way, the last time uh, we had a three, uh, that happened three times in a season, the 2020 LA Chargers under Anthony Lynn, who blew 317 point leads? The mm. Chargers get a 2017 win over the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Justin Herbert, 245 yards and a touchdown. Josh Palmer with 106 receiving yards. Big day without Keenan Allen and Mike Williams around. We talked about the Bears and Dolphins. The Panthers, this is the Panthers. Baker's back. Welcome back. Baker's back. Yeah. 42 uh, 21. Baker Mayfield does come in after a three for ten for nine yards and two pick start for PJ Walker, two point six QBR. Uh, this is this is kind of where you were last week when they said PJ Walker's our starter for now. Mm-hmm. It blew up in their face. Yeah, like PJ Walker had a couple nice games, but PJ if PJ Walker was more than PJ Walker. We would have known already by now, like, uh, it, but
0: I thought AJ, this this Bengals offense was was dead without
1: Jamar Chase. I well, listen, they sure were last week when I bet <laughs> on them against the Browns. <laughs> Joe Mixon, a hundred and fifty three yards on the ground, fifty eight through the air, five total touchdowns. Pretty good for Joe Mixon, who's been a ghost for the most part this season. Has been a big zero uh had the game of his career joe burrow really efficient game 22 of 28 206 uh, yards and a touchdown uh but the, just a quarterback play for for the panthers you could they could not overcome it although baker did look a lot better in, mm-hmm. you know in relief then but by the time he got in there it was too, way too little way too late for the Carolina Panthers, who are back in the discussion for that number one overall pick next year. They're, it's a dogfight, uh, guys. The Patriots over the Colts, 26-3, to in a battle of really, 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 really bad quarterbacks in Mac Jones and Sam Ellinger.
0: Bill, I, Bill Belichick against uh, rookie quarterbacks. And I know Ellinger, not a, a rookie, but making his second career start and Bill Belichick just dominates in that role. Belichick going up against these guys, he completely takes away your game plan. He makes the guy uncomfortable, and look at what happened. 15 of 29 for 103 yards and an interception. Ellinger couldn't do anything against this Patriots defense. And you said it on the DreamPod. You were like, hey, welcome. Introduce yourself to Matthew Judon, right? Nine (laughs) sacks in this game. Ellinger got sacked nine times. Nine times. Seriously. Mrs. Nine Bueller. times in this game. Nine? Nine <laughs> times. It was uh it, it was absolutely a, a a incredible performance. Matthew Jr. had three of those nine
1: sacks for the Patriots. Bill Belichick now sixty-five percent ATS, eighty percent straight up against first and second year quarterbacks. Last game that we haven't talked about. You like that? The Minnesota Vikings, 20. The Commandos, 17. Kirk Cousins gets his first win back in Washington. Kirk actually started out the game really, really sharp and then fell asleep for two quarters, Mm -hmm. I think, and then woke up at the end and said, oh, I guess I better win this football game. Uh, But an unbalanced performance by Kirk Cousins, but he was the better of the two quarterbacks and uh, they got themselves a win. Taylor Heineke, not a great day. Well, the inter- uh, for Taylor,
0: the interception killed them uh, because they have a 17-10 lead. There's potential for them to drive down the field, milk some clock, and 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 put up more points there, and go into the uh, you know go into the fourth with a big lead. But instead, it's it's the Vikings who come all the way back now, tie the game, and then eventually get the game winning. Uh, Field goal at the end, and Kirk Cousins celebrating on the plane in one of the more asinine videos I've seen.
1: (laughs) Uh, TJ Hawkinson, 70 yards receiving. Good for him. Nine receptions in his first game in Minnesota. That is more receptions than he had in any games (laughs) through the first seven games in Detroit. So uh, congratulations on escaping the abyss. Of Detroit, T.J. Hawkinson. We're looking forward to your new NFL career.
0: Football down in the Bayou as the Saints host the Ravens. Baltimore one and a half point favorites. AJ, you're shaking your head. You don't
1: understand. You, you don't understand something. I don't understand all this money coming in on the Saints. Like I, everybody, every and every sharp is saying the same thing as well. And Fez, R.J. They both love the the Saints in this game. I don't know what I'm missing, and uh, I, I, it feels like I guess I'm looking around the room, and maybe I'm the sucker here, but it just does, it doesn't it does feel right to me that that everybody is— these two teams just don't feel like they're on the same level. Look ahead in this line was New Orleans plus three and a half. Mm. We're now looking at
3: one and a half. What's changed? So big performance, 24-0 against the Raiders. That moved it to minus three in the World Open. And then sentiment. Sentiment since then. I don't get it.
0: I Listen, you guys know me. I am all about fading recency bias. This is one of the reasons why I love the Bengals yesterday, uh, because everyone was you, you so high on the Panthers for their performance last week and down on the, on the Bengals. I think we got the same thing here. Uh, the Saints, yeah, looked good against the Raiders, but what do, what do we know about the Raiders now? Right. They stink, and they blow 17-point leads. Now I'm just supposed to buy into this 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 team, okay, home field probably weighs more at the Dome than other fields, especially in a primetime standalone game. I still got Lamar Jackson in this game. I still got the Ravens' defense. I still got a a coaching edge in John Harbaugh. I I don't get it either. Why are the Ravens not the right side of this game?
3: All right, Mackenzie, you got anything? you do you, you, you know something that we don't know? I don't. I agree with you. Shutting out the Raiders is a lot less impressive today. Now that the Jacksonville Jaguars were able to do it in a must in a must-have situation in the second mm-hmm. half, though, so I don't feel like the Saints are much better than I did a week ago. I got to say, the Ravens look like the side to me.
1: And and the Ravens the Ravens are banged up. There's no like no Andrews, no Edwards, no Bateman. Like, that that stinks. But Isaiah Likely's done a good job filling in for Mark Andrews. And DuVernay. Devin, Devin DuVernay has yeah. been a, f- a fantastic, fantastic guy who's replacing and Bateman up, as the number one. Is Jarvis Landry playing? Like, what's going on? I, I don't know. He's I, questionable, right? Yeah. And we, we find out that Michael Thomas is done for the season. They yep. don't expect it. So both these teams are banged up. But they've both been pretty banged up all year. New Orleans three and five. Like I haven't seen anything that makes me go. You know what? This team's really about to turn the corner because you beat the Raiders. That's not enough for me. So I I I like the the Ravens in the first half of this matchup. I want to avoid their second half collapses. They've been dominant in the first half of games. Uh, I expect that to be the case again. I've got no firm take on the side in this game other than I'm. I, while everybody else is going to the window cashing mm. their Saints tickets, I'll just be sitting in the back, going, "Man, that that would have been uh, that would have been nice." Uh, Mackenzie asks, "Isaiah likely over with no Mark Andrews?" What are the numbers on that, Mackenzie? Yeah, that, I mean, that's, I certainly think that that would be the way to look. He's ha- he's filled in admirably, and because there's no Bateman, your options Ford are Duvernay. pretty limited. So Devin Duvernay. yeah,
3: forty and a half for likely. I'll be looking over.
1: That's
0: oh. for Isaiah Likely. That's. Yeah. that's
1: that's likely to go over. I agree. Boy, that's a low number. And but I also don't. think you, you take a look at uh, at rushing yards for Lamar Jackson. Because if all else fails, Lamar will just say, you know what, I'll do this myself. Well, especially looking at what Patrick Mahomes did on Sunday Night Football last night. Yeah. When the, when the game
0: was on the line, he ran. And maybe Lamar is thinking, man. Justin Fields now has the record for most rushing yards in a game. <laughs> I bet you I can get 179. I, I, could, do that.
1: I could do that. What's he at? About uh, 59, 60? <laughs> yep, either one. Yep. <laughs> yep. 59 and a half, 60 and a half out there. So uh, those are decent numbers, I would say. Take a quick look around the NBA. And there's one thing that I want. While well, we've got our resident NBA expert, McKenzie Rivers, in-house. I wanted to talk to him about what the hell is going on with the Golden State Warriors. Steve Kerr saying, "Don't panic." Klay Thompson saying, "We're not going to panic." I I feel like
3: maybe some panics warranted right now with Golden State. What says McKenzie here? I don't think panic is warranted. Definitely concern. So the Warriors have been two teams. They've been the starting five that we know and love, and they've been decent. Uh, Kevin Looney plus twenty nine on the season, and then they've brought in this bench unit that's supposed to be the talisman of the future with Moody and James Wiseman, and they've been terrible. When James Wiseman's on the court, they're minus 21. Oof. They're it, plus six when he's off the court. So they're decent. Plus six, you know, that's like the Warriors. That's like a good, you know, top five team. Minus 21 with him on the court. That's been the big difference. And Steve Kerr has mentioned, got to change the rotations. They rested everybody last game, but the right, right before he said that, we're got to change something else. These rotations aren't working.
0: You know, how much is this, McKenzie, just the idea of this is still, even though it's the NBA regular season, I think a, I think there's a large sentiment of this is still the NBA preseason, mm-hmm. and that things don't really get kicked in. I always say the season doesn't start until Christmas. I'm not the only person that says that, but I think there's this this idea that once the calendar flips to January, that's when teams really start to actually
3: play their games. Right. That's why the Warriors were three and six, and they were like, "Oh, we're not worried about. It. We're going to rest Steph. We're going to rest yeah. play." But when you're three and seven. You know things got to change eventually. You know it's it's too deep in the season to to change things around when you're looking at playoff seating down the road. Well, well, look at what the Celtics did last year. The Celtics were what 25 and 25 before they turned it on. Right, and they were by far the best team, but because of that poor start, they didn't have a one seed. Could have been a difference. I mean, they had the road disadvantage in the in the Eastern Conference Finals because of their slow start.
1: Still went to the NBA Finals. Let's
0: talk let's <laughs> because talk about- it's the preseason. This doesn't matter. We
3: all know it's going to matter in April.
1: Uh, Lakers dropped one yesterday to the Cavs, 114-100. The Lakers fall to 2-7. and seven. And Anthony Davis, two field goal attempts in the second half. Four for five in the first quarter starts out well. One for two in the second half. Like, what's going on with Anthony? Like, you would think they'd want LeBron and AD to have as many possible shot attempts that they can,
3: why, why would this happen in a game like this? It's it's unclear. And a guy, big man always say, can't pass to myself. <laughs> 12 shot attempts in the entire game when you lose to the Cavs, only score 100 points. He did not want to talk to the media after the game. I got to think there's some uh, players-only meetings happening right now. What's going on? The best player arguably on the team gets 12 shots.
1: Well, I would hope that it's – apparently it's uh, players-only meetings because the head coach, he's putting the blame on the players. He said, these guys aren't rookies. Uh, Right. (laughs) We have a playbook. We have a menu and a bunch of sets where AD can be featured. You just have to be organized. So he's basically saying, and Russell Westbrook, by the way, a a primary ball handler says, I don't know whose primary job it is, to be honest. Mm. I'll leave it up (laughs) to the coaches to figure out the best way for them to utilize him. Yeah. What? (laughs) These are real quotes? All
0: right. So Lakers three point dogs in Utah tonight. Utah?
3: Are we making that play? Jazz eight and three. This is supposed to be the worst team in the league. I Unbelievable start play, for the Jazz. I, I can't play Utah as a favorite here. Uh, I can't play the Lakers as anything. No, me neither. <laughs> I generally agree with that. And
1: I can't watch this game. So I guess we'll just leave it. <laughs> we'll, we'll leave this one in the dust. If you don't want to watch Lakers Jazz, well, guess what happens today? We start college basketball season. Wow. It's Upon us. Wow. And there's a full slate on Monday. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll go ahead and use this as a look ahead for college basketball. Tell you who's playing in the top 25 starting early, early, early noon Baylor tipping off the season, 40 and a half point favorites against Mississippi Valley state. That should be a fun, fun watch. Uh, but there are some respectable games on the card as well. Villanova. Uh, they are 15 point favorites hosting LaSalle Michigan also a 15 point favorite against IPFW Kentucky 26 and a half point favorites hosting Howard Dayton Flyers 31 point favorites hosting L- Lindenwood is it Lindenwood or Linwood Lindenwood okay where the heck is Lindenwood I have no idea that's a made-up team. <laughs> that's, okay. not, that's not a real school.
0: Lindenwood University is in St. Charles, Missouri. That's a high school.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't believe this is a real basketball team, ladies and gentlemen. So that's 31-point favorites for in Dayton. in 1827 by George Champlin
3: Sibley and Mary Easton Sibley as the Lindenwood School for Girls. Did you say 1827 or 827 this morning? Because I don't believe that existed no, 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 no. before. So, this is what we
0: know. So, now we this is see a girls' basketball team Dayton, against Dayton? Dayton's <laughs> playing the Lindenwood School for
1: girls. I'm laying 31, friends. That's what I'm saying. Uh, our, the Indiana Hoosiers are uh, 22 point favorites hosting Moorhead today. Tennessee, Moorhead. Tennessee minus 32 uh, against Tennessee Tech. Duke, first game of the Coach Kayless era. Wow, they are seventeen point home favorites. It's like strange. Jacksonville, yeah. It's it, what's always been strange about Coach K, and where he'll really be missed is Coach K probably looks more like the mascot of his team than any <laughs> other head coach in history. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Uh, the only. Well, I think they designed it for him. Probably.
0: Oh, did they? Okay. I don't know. I'm <laughs> just, I'm making that up, but they could have.
1: But like he has a <laughs> snarl. I mean, it, you could have told me like when, what you just said is they designed the mascot after him. I'd be yeah. like, okay. Yeah. That, that makes sense. It wasn't like, it's just, you go from coach. K,
0: wasn't John Shire playing for them like three years ago? Like where yeah. does time go? I mean, it just,
3: he's the head coach. When I was in high school, John Shire was Mr. Illinois basketball. I remember that yeah. the,
1: the only guy who's in the history has looked more like the mascot than Coach K was Eddie Sutton when he was when he was coaching at Oklahoma State. if you it's put a, if you put a cowboy hat and a bandana on him <laughs> he was literally the Oklahoma State mascot. you can't convince me otherwise. Arkansas Pig Suey 21 and a half point favorites against North Dakota State Kansas. 32-and-a-half meaningless points against o- Nebraska Omaha. They like to be called now. Uh, no longer the Omaha School for Girls. Uh, Houston, 24-point <laughs> favorites at no- hosting Northern Colorado. Auburn, minus 12-and-a-half against George Mason. TCU, ranked in football and basketball. Undefeated in football and basketball. 35-and-a-half-point mm. favorites against Arkansas Pine Bluff. Arkansas Pine Bluff, one of the worst teams in In the country, Creighton 25 and a half point favorites against St. Thomas, the Tommies, Alabama basketball outlook better than football outlook right now. Uh, 15 and a half point favorites against Longwood, Longwood, Uh, Illinois, 30 and a half point favorites against Eastern Illinois, Texas minus 21 and a half hosting UTEP North Carolina minus 23 against Carolina Wilmington. Texas Tech, minus 29, hosting Northwestern State. Virginia, minus 24.5 against North Carolina Central. Gonzaga, minus 28.5 against North Florida. Arizona, minus 24, hosting Nichols. San Diego State, minus 20 against Fullerton. Oregon, minus 29 against Florida a and And finally, and I hope that we don't have all top 25 teams playing at once going forward, uh, but UCLA, 24-point favorites. Over Sacramento State. Current odds to win the national championship. Who are you going with as your top favorites right now? Someone asked me the other day who I would take, like where I would draw the line on these teams
0: or the field. Well, right now you got four favorites that are exactly the same at the top of the odds board. They're all nine to one North Carolina, Kentucky, Houston,
1: Gonzaga. And then there's a next tier. In that next tier, if I can have Arizona and Baylor, I feel pretty good that those are the four. Or those are the six. Mm. Those four and those those extra two, that's where I draw the line and say, you can have Kansas, you can have UCLA, you can have Michigan. I'll take these guys. So, so th- even money? I, yeah, that's where I, that's the kind of the line I was trying to draw is where would I take this versus so you, you this? you don't prefer
3: either side? No, I don't prefer either side. I'm saying that's where I would... So which, which side do you want to bet me on? I'll take the other side. Uh, I'll take those top six. Okay, so you do have a preference. But I mean, give it, me plus 105 then. Okay, it's that's a deal. <laughs>
1: right. Gonzaga, Houston, North Carolina, Kentucky, Baylor, Arizona. Mackenzie. you have the field. Plus 105, plus 105. Congratulations. Let's make this official. Thank you. I'm going to give out... A best bet here. Okay. Not on the top 25 game. But I want to get everybody started off on the right foot. Let's go with Winthrop plus 12 now and a half. a made-up school. Winthrop's not a made-up no, school. I know, I know. Winthrop plus 12 and a half against Penn State. Winthrop's returning a lot from last year. And Penn State's probably going to get better. They're returning a couple key players. They added in some nice transfers, including Cam Winter from Drexel, who I like a lot. They're the more talented team, but they're making these changes It's going to take some while for them to put it together. They're already one of the bottom 10 teams in tempo in the country. Winthrop can light it up. So give me Winthrop to keep this one close. 12.5 feels like too many points for a team like Penn State that doesn't really run away from anyone. So Winthrop plus 12.5, the official SOV best bet day one of the season. Let's start it off on the right foot. Baby. The first college basketball
0: play of the season is on Winthrop. Winthrop or Winthrop? I think it's Winthrop. Winthrop. I don't know. What are they? The Eagles or the Falcons? Now, how do
1: you know these things? Huh? What are you, a pro? I know, <laughs>
0: I know there are birds. You know everything, yeah. don't?
1: Yeah, Winthrop Eagles. There you go. But they're not the Cardinals.
0: No. Yeah. No, I said eagles are falcons, but yeah, it was good, a good call yeah. by you. Good call you know, by it you. Kind of reminds me like the Bowling Green Falcon. Yeah. But it's the Winthrop Eagles. Win- yeah. yeah you know. Let's tie a bow around the Major League <laughs> Baseball season, yes. though, AJ, because the Houston Astros did win the World Series in how many games? Six games. Which was whose prediction? That
1: was your prediction. Well done, Fred. And friend. who won the MVP? Jeremy Pena. Which was whose prediction? That was also your prediction. Man, if
0: you listen to Straight of Vegas AM. You're rich. Boy, did you hit nicely on this World Series. Uh, the bottom line when it comes down to it is the Philadelphia Phillies did not hit a lick in this World Series. And everyone wants to talk about what the Ash, you know, yeah, Asher's got some timely hits and... You know, okay, the Phillies did have that one game where they scored seven runs on five home runs. But the Phillies, as a team collectively, in this entire World Series, they just did not hit. It was one of the historic lows. Actually, I think it is the lowest batting average. They batted 161. The lowest team batting average in a World Series for a, a team that was six games or more in the series. So let that wow. sink in. One sixty, they were thirty for one eighty six in the series. That's how you lose a series. They also had the most strikeouts ever in a World Series with seventy one. So, lowest batting average, most strikeouts. They didn't, they didn't. This wasn't like they got robbed or a fluky win. They didn't deserve. To win this series. Congratulations to the Houston Astros. Congratulations to Jeremy Pena. And congratulations to Dusty freaking Baker. For sure. Who absolutely deserved this, came in as the right man for the job, taking over for AJ Hinch, getting the Astros out of this scandal and into a new era.
1: What's funny is it was thought at the time that Dusty Baker was kind of like a a temporary fill-in until they could find like they could get through this what was Thought to be a start of a down era for mm-hmm. Houston, uh, and then he just kept winning games. Yeah, and it's like, oh well, maybe maybe he is the guy after all. I was so happy for Dusty on Saturday night. There's, I don't think there's a more deserving guy. He seems like one of the good the good guys in baseball. Uh, certainly glad that he finally got one. I have to ask you this though. Mm-hmm. Kyle Schwarber was like. He hit a home run almost every time up, it felt like. Why the heck was he bunting? Did he just quit? You're bunting with two strikes. Did he give up? Like, What's the explanation there? You're last at bat of the World Series. I know. Two strikes. You bunt? I know. I mean, you're not going to convince me that that was like – I have to know if that's a Kyle Schwarber decision or a sign that got sent to him. If it's a sign, whoever whoever put that sign in should be fired. If it's Kyle Schwarber, I really have to question if he quit. If he didn't think he could hit, I don't know. It's just
0: it, it it's baffling why he would try and do it, try and catch him off guard, try and beat a shift, try and get on base any way you can.
1: Two strikes, dude. An elimination game? Yeah, that can't be it. You cannot go. You cannot go down like that.
0: Forty-six home runs in the regular
1: season? Yeah, and you're trying to bunt with two strikes. He's bunting. Come on. Yep. With the base is empty. Phillies didn't deserve to win. Period. What? Kyle Schwarber gonna leg it out? Get yeah, out of here. Exactly. Kyle Schwarber's built like you. So congratulations <laughs> to
0: the no Houston offense. Astros. Uh, who are now the,
3: college yeah.
0: the second favorite to win the World Series next season. Oh, what are the odds for next season? Behind the Los Angeles Dodgers. Shocker. The Dodgers are the favorite to win the World Series next season at 5-1, to one, followed by the Houston Astros, the Atlanta Braves, and the New York teams. The Yankees and the Mets. Make sure you head to pregame.com and check out all the available packages we have for you. With college basketball starting up, AJ has his college basketball season package. Mackenzie's rocking and rolling with the NBA, and I, of course, am on the NHL 31-11, uh, and 11, AJ, That's good. In the NHL this season. Now, I'm no math whiz, but I believe... A 31 and 11 record might come out to be like around 75, 74%. Ish.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Up 25 units. So yeah, that'll work. In the NHL. Uh, if you want that package.
1: You might be the McKenzie of hockey. That's what they call me. I've heard people they, calling they, you that in the they, streets. They
0: say McKenzie on ice. So <laughs> I'd see that. <laughs> yeah. If you want to get that package, or like I said, The college basketball package, which the season starts today. Jump on board. 20% off for listeners of this podcast. How? Use the promo code TRADE20. T-R-A-D-E 20. That gets you 20% off anything at pregame.com. Get the most bang for your buck, though, by jumping on board with a season-long package. And we are still running the Beat McKenzie Rivers NBA Contest it is free to enter. You go to pregame.com, click on contests, find the McKenzie Rivers NBA contest. It's free. The contestant that earns the most NBA units will win $500 cash money. Cash money. Cash. Straight cash, homie.
1: Straight cash, homie. How are you going
0: to pay that fine, Randy? Straight cash, homie. Straight cash. Guess what, though? If the winner earns more units than what McKenzie did last year, we're going to throw in an extra 500 bucks. They call that doubling it. That's $1,000. That's a G. It's a G-bone. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's a new one? Yeah. That is a new
0: one. <laughs> Pregame.com. Click on Contests. Find the McKenzie Rivers NBA Contest. It is free to enter for your chance to win $1,000. For McKenzie Rivers and A.J. Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Enjoy your Monday. Enjoy Monday Night Football. Enjoy college basketball. Wow. All day. We are straight out of Vegas.